In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Jack, who's on holiday. Jack, how are you? I'm good. I might be on holiday, but hey, I'm here for you guys because I'm always up for chatting a bit of Browns. So uh, here we go. I'm away this week, but uh, let's go for it. Jack, I had one job to do, and that was to do the show sheet, and I didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, I thought about doing it, but I haven't had time today. So uh, yeah, maybe tomorrow I'll... Uh, sort out a show sheet for whatever's going to happen tomorrow. So thank you, thank you very much, uh, Jack, for just being here on your holiday. It's a great commitment. And we have got the one, the only, Kyle Kelly. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well. It's, uh, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. And, and you uh, are working for Waiting for Next Year, yeah? Yep, correct. Uh, waitingfornextyear.com, a Browns writer. Uh, also, you can find me over on the Browns Wire. I'm there occasionally, and also a, a student at John Carroll University, heavily involved in uh, the uh, athletics department over there. So, any of those three places uh, you go to, go there, you'll probably find me. Yeah, and you guys won't be able to see this because obviously a podcast, but Carl has about 30, 40 uh, jerseys all behind him. He loves his jersey, so a big sports yep. fan and obviously great person to have on the podcast. Yeah, I got a lot of jerseys. I know we were talking pre-show. My three Browns ones are my three favorite Browns players of all time. Paul Kruger, Baker Mayfield, and Gary Barnage. Love them all. Okay, good, good. Well, look, I've got two things. First of all, Carl, we're going to rename the website that you work for. Instead of calling it Waiting for Next Year, we're going to call it Hurry up next year. Oh, man, isn't that the truth? I, I, 2019 can't come soon enough, believe me. Yeah, Jack, mate, you want to do some more work with, uh, well, I'm trying to push you to do more articles because you're really good at it. Mate, that's, that's, that's the name of your new website, hurryupnextyear.com. <laughs> hey, we'll have, to, we'll have to think about it. <laughs> and, Carl, right, there's a gun to your head, okay? Dorsey has put a gun to your head. You've got to choose... One of them three shirts or jerseys you're going to wear the rest of your life, which one you're going to pick? Oh, man, I got to take a look around. So definitely first and foremost is Alex Ovechkin, uh, the uh, cat for the Washington Capitals. Love Ovechkin. Played hockey growing up. Uh, um, next? Uh, Kyle, if you can know this is a uh, Browns podcast, so I prefer if you pick a Browns shirt. Okay. <laughs> Brown, Browns, Browns jersey's fine. All right. Sorry, jersey. Sorry, jersey, jersey. Sorry. All right. So, okay. Definitely Baker Mayfield, the color rush one. I haven't gotten it yet, but I need to. Uh, number two would probably be Baker Mayfield again, the orange one. And number three. Oh man. I don't have a Joe Thomas one. And I really feel like I should, I should have one of those. Uh, you know, one of those, uh, like the one you have on now that uh, Jim Brown, I'm assuming, uh, kind yeah. of the, yep. Yeah, the old style jerseys. I need one of those uh, Joe Thomas ones. It's kind of a it's a travesty that I don't have one of those yet. 
And, and, and while we're talking about uh, Baker Mayfield, I, I liked what he did. He he challenged the fans. Look, there's some empty seats in the stadium. We're winning. Come on, out you come. And then when he was at Denver, he thanked the fans, which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, Jack, what's your views on that, mate? I think it was just a case of he's come from a background where he's much more used to seeing big fans home and away. And if you're a bigger team in college, then sometimes you'll go away and there's just as many of you and it almost feels like that home atmosphere. So I think it was just a case of he might not 100% know that it's not quite the same way in the NFL. So I think obviously he always does a really good PR job when he's speaking much better than we've seen from coaches, from general managers at the Browns. Um, so I think it might just be a case of someone had a gentle word in his ear and went, it doesn't quite work that way. And he understood it and he's gone and sold it in a very positive light. So even if he just was a bit un- misunderstood, everyone's taken a positive from it. He's done a really good job. And every time he speaks, he actually thinks first. Maybe he should start doing some uh, elocution lessons for our next head coach and... Uh, whoever, uh, John Dorsey as well, could do with a little hand. Unless we're going to get Mike Leach in to do our press conferences, because that's a man I love watching speak, because he just says whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, and, you know, I was actually at that Panthers game um, against the Browns, and I I was on the drive home. Uh, so, First Energy Stadium is about 25 minutes from where I go to school at John Carroll University. So, I'm on the on the way home. I had 92.3, the fan, the postgame show on, and they pulled up Baker Mayfield's uh, press conference. It was live, and I remember when he called out the fans, and I'm like, man, this is going to be a shitstorm uh, from the media. But luckily, it all played out pretty well. But I think one thing that Browns fans aren't used to is – meaningful football in December and for the first time in probably at least a decade since 2007 the Browns are playing meaningful football in December and I mean quite frankly that's foreign to to this fan base and uh, maybe that's one reason Uh, they're not getting a lot of guys uh, I mean a lot of uh, capacity I guess you could say I I mean there were still probably it was probably 80 percent full I know people were coming in and out because of the cold but you know this week, uh, with Hugh Jackson being on the opposing sideline with the Cincinnati Bengals, I, th- I think First Energy Stadium is going to be a full house, and I think that uh, the uh, dog pound is going to be rough and rowdy uh, this Sunday against Cincy. Mate, it's, it's great, you know. Uh, the whole of Cleveland wants to come and see the team play at the moment. So how And, and we're not, Jack just said, we're not really playing for the playoffs anymore. It's like... One in a million, as you said earlier on. It's, it's, so. it, it's finished. It'll take a uh, miracle. I, got- hey, it's, it, it's, not, it's not that much of a miracle. I think I, I looked at it before the show. It, it, it is still pretty crazy. Brown's got to win out. I think the Ravens have to lose out. Colts and Titans both have to lose, and Colts and Titans have to tie in Week 17. A lot of crazy things have to happen, but, hey, it's still possible. And as long as as long as there's still a chance, this fan base is just going to be riding high. If if, if it wasn't a draw we were waiting for, and we needed both of them teams to lose, hundred percent, I'd still be in on it. The minute you need to rely on a tie, you've lost me. Uh, that that's the one thing I'm I'm 
I'm never going in going, we're going to see a tie and that's what we need. So uh, if it wasn't that tie and it was the Colts and the Titans to lose out and it, that could work, I'd be all in. And especially because, you know, there is one thing. Overtime seems to have some type of influence on this Brown season, especially towards the beginning. Wouldn't it be something if this season ended with the Colts-Titans overtime? There's, there is one thing that I am not confident in that game going to overtime is the Colts have the best kicker in NFL history, Adam Vinatieri. I'm pretty sure uh, no matter what that game would end in a tie. But there's, you know, just the fact that there's still a chance that, you know, anything can happen. And we've seen as well with the Titans that they're willing to, if they're sort of, say it's 26-27 and they've got to kick that uh, extra point at the end of the game, they're willing to go for the two-point conversion. The yep. same way the Chargers did. The Titans obviously did it in London. Um, they're willing to take that gamble because of bold coaching. So I, I just I, I can't see it. If it weren't the tie we need, then I'd feel a lot better about it. What do you think, Paul? Well, just I feel like Jack, you've brainwashed me recently. I've, we've got Carl on the show, and he's more positive than me, and that really upsets me. So that's it, Jack. I'm going back to Carl's side, mate. We're gonna do this. We're gonna get to the playoffs, Jack. I stayed at your house one night, and this is what happens. I get all <laughs> analytical, mate. Um, Carl, mate, it's an honour to have you on the show, mate. You're more positive than me. I should be more positive than you, and I'm not. So I've let. I've let the whole Cleveland fan base down because of Jack. So, uh, oh, it's great to have you on the show, mate. Yeah, thank you. Jack, all I need to know from you is tomorrow, whatever that percentage is, tell me what the percentage is, okay? I, I will keep an eye on that percentage for you. All right, cool. Well, let's move on. My last thing I was going to say is, the one thing I'm going to call out on the Browns organisation here is, why the hell have we not got a million of these bloody... Baker Mayfield colour rush shirts in the store so we can all go and buy one. It has been bitterly disappointing. I've been tweeting them, I've been emailing them, and have no you? one can tell me the answer. Oh, yeah. And uh, n- n- they do- none, no, none of these organisations know when their plans are for printing more jerseys. And it's like, just, just print them. Or, like, you can get a custom jersey any other design and you choose the name or whatever you want on the back, why don't they offer that for Colour Rush? And then I can just go in, put in Baker, put in Six, and you can print me a dangerous Colour Rush jersey. (laughs) Jack, I'm sure if it's like, oh, there's a third world country in the world, just print more money. I'm sure it seems so simple, but there must be a good reason why they can't do it. Do you mean quantitative easing? (laughs) Mate, you ever use big words like that on the show again? We're going to be All right, great. Uh, anyway, Jack, we've spoken far too much to you. I know you're on holiday. I want to know more about Kyle. So, Kyle, why are you a Browns fan? Yeah, so pretty much just grew up a Browns fan, I'd say. Um, you know, always uh, watching the team on Sundays my whole life. But I'd say around eighth grade and my freshman year of high school, so around age 13, I kind of felt this sense of being more of a diehard Browns fan. And, you know, I was watching every game before the games. I was waking up at 730 uh, 7.30 in the morning, Eastern time. Uh, and I was listening to the pregame show. Once 1 p.m. Eastern time hit, game's on. I'm listening to the postgame show all the way up to fun, uh, football night in America on Sunday night. 
and um, I just uh, I kind of got pulled in, much like everyone else. And as I became more of a fan, then I I realized that um, I was kind of interested in, in going the media route and pursuing a career in the media industry. And I've tried to display a lot of my Browns passion and fandom uh, into pursuing a career in the media. And, uh, you know, there, there's both positives and negatives with that, as you're supposed to say pretty neutral. And I try my best to do just that. But, uh, you know, I, I think it is kind of unique to try and cover a team uh, that you you're so invested in when you're growing up and you've been a fan for, for so long, it, it it's a little bit spe- more special and, there's a little bit more of a uh, an advantage, I say, than uh, just covering, say, maybe like the 49ers or the Jaguars teams. I'm not familiar with at all, but uh, you know, overall, it's it's been a rough ride. But you know, we've kind of talked. It's it's all but positive uh, from here on out. All right, excellent. And uh, if you go for one drink with anyone in the Browns organization, who would it be? No, I, when you first proposed me that question pre-show, I had two ideas. I had Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Haslam. Uh, Baker, I, Baker just seems like one of those dudes you really want to hang out with. But, you know, I really – I want to have a drink with Jimmy Haslam. I really want to know what his thought process is with a lot of things. Uh, I want to see, see what he has to say and an explanation for some of the decisions he's made over the last couple of years and – uh, what is kind of his thoughts are uh, now that the team has a franchise quarterback, they got a franchise pass rusher, they got a GM that's one of the best in the NFL. I want to know the outlook mov- uh, moving forward. And I, I kind of want to know, uh, you, you know, how, how this organization has learned from their past decision and hopefully how it's going to help them moving forward. Well, I'm lucky to say that when the Browns came over to London, Jimmy and D were in the pub pouring pints for us oh that's awesome so i could say i've had a drink with him and my tickets were actually um next well near him he had a box and i was below the box and um yeah i went up and thanked him for everything and he had a very uh, nice conversation so um uh i think they're great owners of our club jack anything you want to say on that um not so much on that one, but you asked me for a stat earlier. And I've gone and done my research because I'm always on the ball. You want to know the percentage chance of us getting there. And I hope you're sitting when I read this out. Are you sitting, mate? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Get a little drum roll. Well, this is breaking news. This percentage could be, Jack. Go on, what is it? 0.0%. 0.0 what, though? That's it. It's it's Go just on. a straight zero point zero percent. Jack, I'm not having that on the, the chances show. are no. that small that it doesn't even round to zero point one percent. They are predicting us to win one of our last two games um, because this uh, prediction to finish with seven point five wins and the point five is obviously the draw. Um, so uh, yeah, we're predicted to win one more game, well, which I'm guessing math- is going to be the Bengals. This is not a mathematician podcast but that means it could be what 0.004 it could be yeah and we're using a number that is widely respected by our boy Greg Williams talking about DVOA here from Football Outsiders so if it's good enough for Greg it better be good enough for you well (laughs) I'm going to go with 0.0049 and if there's any mathematicians out there I think 
that is something like one in five thousand chance. Um. Yeah, and here we go, Jack. Leicester was like one in a a thousand chance of winning the Premier League, so it's like one fifth of that chances. Whatever you need to sleep at night, mate. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you need to get through the week, go for it, son. All right, cool. And um, Cole, uh, last question for you. If I'm correct, right this second, we're drafting around 15th at the moment. Uh, yeah, uh, 15 sounds about right. Um, forget the actual names and the talent. What um, what positions would you be um, looking to draft? One first and second round. Well, if you look at this team, I I say you you absolutely have franchise players at the most important positions. You have a franchise quarterback, you have a franchise pass rusher, and you have a franchise cornerback. And then uh, you you look around this team. You got Joe Schobert, who's an outstanding linebacker. You got Demarius Randall, that's an outstanding free safety. Um, Larry Ogunjobi's pretty pretty good, uh, pretty solid on the uh, interior defensive line front. On the offensive line, you got Zeitler, um, Batonio, and Treader all on the inside there that are doing well. Um, running back seems to be set, but there's a couple. There's three weaknesses on this team that really stand out right now. It's offensive tackle. It's wide receiver and interior defensive lineman. And it's always – it seems like every year it's kind of tough to find an offensive lineman that, that can play at a, a, a professional caliber uh, pretty quickly, I guess. And, you know, they're few and far between. You look last year, Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame was one of those guys, uh, now with the 49ers. And um, – you know, I, I know there's a couple guys this year, uh, offensive linemen, the, the guy from Alabama, Jonah Williams, but uh, also Greg Little from Ole, Ole Miss. I know you didn't ask for names, but these just come off right at the top of my head right away. But I think offensive tackle is probably going to be at the top of the list. Um, I, I would say roughly the four most important positions on an NFL team are your quarterback, your pass rusher, your cornerback, and your left tackle. And the Browns are still missing that left tackle. And Greg Robinson – He's done well. Desmond Harrison, he's young. He hasn't played. He's been inactive ever since he got sick. Um, those two guys have been okay. Greg Robinson has kind of held down the fort, but um, you know, he hasn't done enough to, I don't think, warrant him getting the job next year. And uh, next, I, I would say with the um, the depth of the interior defensive line class, I think that has to be right there. Uh, 1A offensive tackle, 1B interior def- defensive line. You got Rashawn Gary, Ed Oliver, you know, uh, all those guys from Clemson. Uh, you'd be crazy not to look at one of those guys, depending on where they go. And then, you know, receivers, it's hit or miss. You saw with Corey, uh, Corey uh, Coleman for the Browns a couple years ago. And then you look two years ago where they had Corey Davis and Mike Williams both drafted with the top 10. They look like busts their first year. Both receivers have come along this year and played well for their respective teams. So, I, you know, I, I don't know if – I, I haven't done much research or, or film work or anything of that nature on the receivers in this year's draft, so I can't speak um, with lots of credibility. But I, I will say that typically the way it kind of uh, rolls out that 
wide receivers in the first round, you can find them elsewhere. They're kind of like running backs a little bit. You look at Antonio Brown was a fifth-round guy. Uh, there, there's so many others. Michael Gallup this year for the Cowboys, he, he was in the late rounds. I mean, Michael Gallup, he's not on the same level as Antonio Brown, but, you know, still the point stands. I, I know, of course, there's Julio Jones and everything else like that. But, you know, going back to my point, those three positions, offensive tackle, interior defensive line, and wide receiver are the three positions that are at the top of this Browns list. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a case with wide receiver. I'm I'm never in favor of taking a wide receiver in round one. I agree with what you're saying there. For me, if there's someone that jumps off the page, I'm happy in round two. But I think round three is that sort of real sweet spot of you've still got enough talent there. And with a wide receiver, you're more or less writing off year one um, with most of the uh, expectation and you're hoping they develop. We've already seen from a Baker Mayfield, you don't need that one Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Julio Jones receiver, he's going to mix it out. Tyrod Taylor came in, had the same receivers and threw everything at Jarvis Landry. Baker's gone, I don't care, I'm going to throw to the open receiver. So there's no point going and putting a load of money into one player that he's only going to target potentially up to 10 times a game. Give him lots of different options and let him spray it around to who's open. So I think using that second or third round pick, um, and you can go out and grab someone in free agency as well, whether it's a uh, Moncrief, a Tyrell Williams, a, um, a Dorset. Not, not a worldie, but just a player that's going to go out there and offer another option like a Brashad Perryman. And just to kind of support our point, I, I pulled up some uh, the history of wide receivers drafted the last couple of years. Listen to some of these names. In 2018, Dante Pettis. Uh, James Washington, Gallup, of course, Traquan Smith, who has been um, – he, he's really slowed down as of late for the Saints, but he was huge. Uh, Kiki Kuti uh, for the Texans. And this, I really like this for 2017. Juju Smith-Schuster, he was picked 62. Um, Cooper Cup, picked 69th overall. Uh, I mean, Chris Godwin, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, these are all late-round guys. Going to 2016, Michael Thomas, 47. Tyler Boyd, 55. Uh, and then Tyreek Hill. You know, he, I mean, obviously the off-field concerns, but he was 165. Tajah Sharp, um, Tajay Sharp, rather, 148. And then 2015, you look. Um, you know, Devin Funches, 41. Tyler Lockett, 69. Uh, you know, Jamison Crowder, 105. So I, I really think I, if I had to say right here, right now, I think the first pick, I'm going interior defensive lineman. Second round pick, I'm going offensive tackle. And third round pick, I'm going wide receiver. Yeah, mate. I am. Um, I'm not also. I'm similar to Jack. I'm not also a fan of wide receiver so early. I would like us to go for another cornerback, but I'm fully there with you with uh, a DT and OT. It's, it's all going to depend in a large way of what happens in a free agency because you could decide Greg Williams is your left tackle. You can go and get Trenton Brown. If you want to go get a franchise, potentially D-end, Trey Flowers might be available and you move Ogbra inside. If you want to go and get Ronald Darby at cornerback, even though he's had some injury problems, he could cement that position. There's potentially options out there at 
more or less every position that we need a starter. If you want to go out and get someone in free agency, we can do that. And obviously, we're in a cap position. We can front load it. And we don't really have to worry about this cap down the road. So it might be someone we go out and sign for a, a three-year deal. Um, but free agency is going to be interesting this year. Does it move from being a, we'll sign players 28 or, and younger, give them a three-year deal, we want team-friendly contracts. And does it move to being, we think we're in a Super Bowl window, we don't mind paying a one-year for a 32-year-old player, like potentially a Golden Tate, to come in and do a job. Um, Brown's um, Daily Mock Draft was floating this stuff earlier on Twitter and just sort of discussing, will we see a culture change? I hope we don't. I don't think we're ready yet to start gambling and throwing short-sighted contracts at 32-year-olds. I think maybe in a year or two years' time, when we've got a deeper roster and we're seriously talking about this is a year we could genuinely favourites to win a Super Bowl that's when you start doing that short sighted stuff Jack we haven't really discussed this but are you now happy to start doing the weekly draft shows because with the play the uh, playoffs is over yeah I said uh, we'll start doing uh, roster breakdowns draft shows as soon as the uh, season's over and I, I think it's uh, safely time to accept that uh, the the season is uh, is done, but uh, fingers crossed we'll win the last two games and uh, we'll, uh, we'll smash and uh, humiliate Hugh, um, and then it'll be a really interesting game against the Ravens, um, and then yeah we'll see where we stand. All right, Jack, we will start doing it in January then. Yeah, how about that? Yep, hundred percent straight out the gates. Did you um, hear about uh, Peppers saying that um, he was looking forward to kicking Hugh's ass again? I love it. Um, up to fifth-rated safety now in the NFL, according to PFF, um, a resource that I love. Um, there's a big gap. Them top four are much better than everyone else. Derwin James is at four. Um, but at fifth, you can't ask for much more. It's his first year back in the position. He's developed a lot playing free safety, but it's added to what he can do because when they want to split the field in half and have... Randall one side and uh, Peppers the other. They can do that now because it wasn't in his game. I still wouldn't mind seeing him play linebacker next season if they want to um, drop to a uh, three linebacker set and potentially bring in another free safety or move someone else back there. Um, I, I think any opportunity we can get to drop to uh, one or two actual linebackers on the field is even better. Jack, quick question for you. Is he top five free safety or... General just, safety. Just safety. They don't divide uh, free safety or strong safety. It's just safety. And surely... Sorry, Carl. No, you're good. And I, I just wanted to make a comment on Jabril Peppers real quick. If you looked at his year one, this was a guy that's playing out of position. Uh, he played safe that, that strong safety and linebacker, as we call it in high school, the Viper position. And then he was playing free safety in the NFL. And I think when John Dorsey came in, he realized that, yeah, this guy, the, the, Jabril, he hasn't had a great rookie year, but we're not using him effectively. So what are we going to do? We're going to go acquire a guy that we're really familiar with and Demarius Randall. We're going to put him at a position he's not being used at effectively. He was playing cornerback in Green Bay. They put him at free safety. He's one of the top 10 free safeties in the NFL now. And the Browns, they moved Jabril Peppers into the box. I mean, light years of change sometimes it's the simplest things that can happen 
and they make the world of difference. And we're seeing that this year with both Randall and Peppers. It, Jack, real quick, man. So is Randall in the top four then? Um, you're going to have to fill for a second while I uh, give that a Google. Sorry, mate. Um, put you on a spot like this. I don't believe he is, but I will tell you where he stands now. Well, um, we do the uh, back office stuff, uh, Jack. I'll ask Carl next question. Carl, who do you think will um, get to the bar? The show's, this show's going to go live around uh, 7 o'clock in the morning in Cleveland. So who do you reckon, what names, how many and what names do you think will be called up uh, later on the uh, Pro Bowl? Well, uh, two names for sure. Um, it's going to be Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. I think they're both going to be locks. Uh, Joe Schobert, he should be there as well. Um, trying to think. Jarvis Landry may inch in, but if he does, it's not deserved. I could see him being a reserve. He's kind of had off and on year, year one, obviously uh, much better than what we've seen at receiver, but I don't think it's Pro Bowl warranted quite yet. Kyle, I have to pause you there for one second. Hey, you're good. Our podcast listeners don't have the vision of seeing Jack's head move when you said the word Landry. Jack, you weren't very happy with that, were you? No. I, anyway. You've got more chance of going to the Pro Bowl, Paul. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting you. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's all good. But, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, like I said, it's going to be a long shot for Landry. But uh, I think Batonio finds his way there. Um, Kevin Zeitler may sneak in as reserve, but most likely not. Um, but, you know, with with all the hype right now and with the way quarterbacks go about the pro bowl a lot of them don't a lot of them don't go i think we could see baker mayfield sneak in as as a reserve i really really do i think we could see baker mayfield in there uh i think demarius randall finds his way there uh possibly as a reserve and depending on how things shake out maybe Jabril peppers but most likely not so if i'm saying for sure i'm going ward garrett batonio Schobert, those are my four ones for sure. And I really like Randall um, and uh, Mayfield possibly. And, you know, as extreme long shots, uh, you know, I said Peppers and Landry. Jack, I'll let you have some thunder. I'm, I'm still pumping for uh, Brendan Colquitt. I think the only thing that might hurt him is not having a Twitter handle. Which yeah. it's just it's the way they've done it this year, which I'm yeah. not a fan of. Um, I understand why, from a marketing perspective, why they've done it. I think it's just it's made it look a bit silly. Um, whereas you can sit there and someone can thoughtfully go through and choose who their players are. Now it's what team's social media has got the biggest reach, and it's like uh, that means nothing. Um, the fact that you can get a load of retweets has got nothing to do with someone sitting there and going, player A is better than player B. Uh, Jack actually got 2,221 retweets, mate. Yeah, but it's from a load of Browns fans that aren't sitting there and going, is this player better better than someone else? So you've got like Browns fans voting for Mayfield when are they really sitting there and going, he's better than Patrick Mahomes this year? Oh, that's a good and that, question. And, that, and, that, and that, that's for me where 
it sort of devalued the whole process. But uh, hey, it, it is what it is, and uh, we'll see um, where the numbers come out. I, I wish they had a better system than the one they did, but hey, you can only uh, play with the tools you've got. But you asked me where uh, Demarius Randall is, and he is position 18 when it comes to safeties, according to PFF. Um, That's for the whole season? <coughs> for the whole season. He started off really hot. Um, he went a little bit cold. Um, obviously, he'll have a couple of games in there that aren't graded in that because he, he had two games at cornerback, but that won't um, impact his rank um, in terms of that. Um, but no, that, that's numbers. The one name where we were talking about trades and potential players that have been misused is Hassan Reddick. Um, Blem, uh, Brent Sobleski, who we had on before, um, did a piece for Bleacher Report looking at uh, big player trades that might happen this off-season. Yeah, that was the one that mentioned the Browns. So basically a player that's been bounced around, first-round pick, um, not this season, last season. And... Um, Solid linebacker play, played about 70% of snaps um, for the Cardinals this year, but there's been rumours that he would get traded before the trade deadline. Um, so they're saying potentially a third-round pick. Um, we can bring in Hassan Reddick, and uh, we definitely need to upgrade our linebacker core. So it might be a way to do it. I don't know if it's the perfect answer, but I wouldn't be surprised if that move happens. It makes a lot of sense. All right. And sorry, Carl, we'll keep going backwards and forwards tonight. What was your final number of uh, predicted uh, Browns pro bowlers? I said uh, four. Four uh, with Batonio, uh, Batonio, Ward, Garrett, and Schobert. Okay. And any reserve? It's, I think it's a really good point of what Carl was making because, like, Schobert went last time, but Schobert mm -hmm. didn't qualify because he only got there because Ryan Shazier was injured and went as a reserve. So I think it's a, it's a really good way Cole broke it down and talking about the ones that actually going to go and the ones that are the reserves and called in at the last minute because there's that sort of two tiers in the uh, Pro Bowl. Okay, so you're going with four full-time and how many reserve? I, I would say right now one reserve and I'll leave that to, huh. I got to say, if I had to pick one reserve, it'd probably be Demarius Randall. But after kind of thinking, I, I started to think that this is like literally the Pro Bowl and uh, not a, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that go. So when he said that Demarius Randall was 18th at Pro Football Focus, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, Demarius Randall's really good in the eyes of the Browns, but maybe not. Uh, maybe the whole NFL hasn't had a a, uh, a good sense of the way he's played this year. So I, I would say maybe Demarius Randall, but I, I, I feel really confident in those four for sure right now. And like I said, Baker Mayfield possibly as well. All right, so Jack, your numbers? I haven't even sat down and gone through them. Uh, oh, Jack. Let, let's say off, off the top of my head, um, three straight out. Um, potentially two or three on reserves. Um, I, I, I think you're looking at Miles Garrett. You're looking at, I think Joe Schobert gets in there based mainly on the fact that he got in there last year. Um, and then 
Who else? Uh, Ward will get in there. Ward might get hampered out at the end just because he's not played for the last couple of weeks. But uh, I would say they're the uh, three you're looking at. Yeah. Um, I went on Twitter five, but I was on the. Uh, I recorded a show with Cleveland uh, Sports Talk, and I went with eight. I went a bit crazy and went with eight, Jack. So, so is uh, that just a straight five in? And how many reserves on top of that? Yeah, I reckon it'd be five with res- reserves. That's my thing. But I reckon it could go crazy and get eight. I reckon Baker could be a uh, reserve um, quarterback. We'll see. Oh, excellent! And um, yeah, I think the uh, I think the last the last thing for me is really simple. Is Kyle? Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, nice. That's a pleasure. And uh, I I think I want to take a picture of all your shirts. Or can you take a picture of you with all your shirts? Send it to us, and we we'll use it as the um, the photo for the podcast. Yeah, that is officially the most impressive backdrop on a podcast we've done this season. Hey, I'd love to hear it. I'll do that just for you. All right, good. All right, so, thanks, guys. Anything you want to finish up with, Jack? No, it's been a really good, fun discussion. We've covered off lots of different topics. And, uh, no, it's, 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 it's still an exciting time for the Browns. Of Yeah, the playoffs might be very much nearly, nearly, nearly over. But um, we can still finish with a... Uh, positive winning record um we can have a nice win streak into the end of the season um we can be in a position where we're second in the division there's lots of positives still to take and if if someone sits there and uh i might do it and uh at the end of the season look at the record post hugh being sacked and the win loss record we might be up there as the top team in the division and Carl. Kyle, just finish up. Where else can we find uh, your details? Uh, so, yep, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at by Kyle Kelly. Um, I'm seen on waitingfornextyear.com, thebrownswire.com, and I'll have a piece coming up on Wednesday. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, doing a little bit of a uh, background feature on all the Browns rookies this year and their success throughout the season. Excellent. Look forward to it. Well, we look forward to that. All right, guys. It's all about next season now. Changes coming, changes here. Hurry up, next season.